0: Welcome to the NFL! Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the social medias at salad galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L galore. It is great to be here with all of you going into the combine week. Man, this offseason is flying by in terms of pace as we are readily approaching both the Combine and the start of free agency in the 2024 calendar NFL year. And as I do every year, I have to give you the episode that matters for the Combine. That is the Combine metrics, the Combine stats, the Combine results, and the Combine narratives that you as the listener, as the Dynasty player, as someone listening to the Rookie Rundown should be paying attention to, and really the only ones that truly matter in terms of fantasy projections, fantasy narratives, and fantasy value for this 2024 rookie ranks. I'm going to be diving in really to the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. The quarterbacks, the combine really doesn't matter. The only thing that can pop up is a potential injury or potentially some news about a bad interview. That's what I will preface with saying with everything is if you hear things about interviews, you hear good things about interviews, bad things about interviews, that tends to matter a little bit more than what the actual metrics do here. A lot of the combine is getting these players in front of the GMs, in front of the coaching staffs for the first time. In the scouting process, truly on a one-on-one basis, even if they are five to 10 minute interviews, basically, to where you can get a feel for who these players are, whether or not they're going to fit your culture, fit your scheme, fit just your ability to, I don't know, see who they are. Um, the quarterback position, not a lot that you can see unless someone just flames out in the passing drills, can't hit the broad side of a bar. And that's the only thing you would pay attention to. But when it comes to running backs, wide receivers and tight ends, specifically in the fantasy space, there's a lot that you can learn from the actual metrics. I know the popular one is 40 and I know you're going to hear me say the 40 is important for quite a few of these prospects here, but it's not important for everyone. I always have to lay down the law and remind you all that the combine is the time of double counting. If you've started your prospect film, if you've started your analysis and you have a base general rank system that you have for these prospects thus far, the combine shouldn't violently alter a lot of your ranks. A lot of what you feel about these prospects that you've already taken a look at, um, as of note, there's a lot of times where either the double counting has come back to bite you or has just kind of been redundant. Um, last year, um, <laughs> kind of happened with some players. Uh, there was a lot of players running pretty fast 40s to where the point where it's like, wow, everyone in this class is actually really fast, when in all reality, it didn't translate really to the field all that much. And then in reverse fashion of that the year prior a guy that comes to mind immediately is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams ran a bad 40. Everyone that had watched Kyron Williams and had done analysis on him me included saw that 40. Now granted it was a very very bad percentile 40 compared to just an average 40 and immediately started dropping him down boards dropping him down really the ranks and overall his ADP plummeted during that rookie draft season. That's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid the hiccups, avoid the double counting, avoid raising <clears throat> and dropping players violently on your boards. And I'm going to be talking about a group of players here between the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends that the, matter, or the numbers matter this week um there's a good chunk of players right now 12 13 14 15 16 17 there's 17 players in total i'm going to talk to you about today um not a super long episode it's going to be a quick hitter but i'm going to go over basically what i care about statistics wise why it matters based off of how i project them and what their game has been so far in college and then what the thresholds and kind of the comp floor to ceiling that you could see based off of the movement Of These athletic numbers. So without further ado, I'm just going to dive into the running backs here. The one that matters, I think the most at the running back position out of anyone, it's going to be Braylon Allen, and that's going to be for a wide variety of numbers, Um, people who haven't watched Braylon Allen and who have just been reading think pieces about him think that he's just a big bruising running back who doesn't have a lot of wiggle and stuff like that to his game. Uh, he does have a good amount of wiggle, and the thing that people don't always talk about with Braylon Allen is that he, the dude is going to fly. On paper, right now, he's marked at Wisconsin at sitting right around six foot two and a half, two hundred and forty-five pounds. So you're looking at a guy that's basically an identical mold to what AJ Dillon was coming out, and he should run probably in that very low full four range that AJ Dillon ran as well. The question that I have with him is how much wiggle does he have and how much actual explosion does he have inside the middle the acceleration the quick start stops so that's why the two metrics i want to know the most about are his size and i want to know what his jump scores are i want to see him actually come in at that weight at that height. My minimum threshold for him in height is I want to see him at six one. And if he's this big bruising running back that's going to be flying and carries a lot of weight and is just a, you know, a gym warrior, he's got to be in that 235 range for me. So the thresholds for me are six foot one, 235 pounds for Braylon Allen. And then his jumps, I want to see him hit a bare minimum of 36 on the vert and 118 on the broad. That puts him right around that 80th percentile for the running back position Um, it's going to be a huge differentiation for him in this year's draft class to where if he shows elite athleticism if he breaks any of these blows any of these times out of the water runs a stupidly big 40 and stuff like that that's cool the 40 is nice but if he breaks these jumps and he comes in as heavy as he is I'm going to be very invested in Braylon Allen going forward The range that you're looking at of what you could see as a prospect depending on how he tests and depending on how people are going to view him after he tests is you could see a range of anywhere of like an AJ Dillon coming out to truthfully Derek Henry because. You don't see this size of back with this level of projected athleticism very often. And if he actually tests how he's going to, those are the only two players in that mold that we've truthfully seen in the NFL. So there's your range. Are you going to get an AJ Dillon? Are you going to get a Derrick Henry? Are you going to get in between, or is it a super bust or even better than Derrick Henry numbers will help you paint the broader picture. But when it comes to a big bruising back, I like Braylon Allen a lot. And two numbers I want to see are those size size measurables and the jumps my rb1 in the class i also want to see size from but i'm more paying attention specifically to the 40 and that's mr trey benson out of florida state um on paper he's supposed to be right around six foot one 225 pounds he's got the feel for the runs and if he's at that size that tape that he has put on for everyone at Florida state is even more impressive, but I want to confirm that that's actually the size that he's at. I don't know really from looking at him, he doesn't look like he's some otherworldly giant at the running back position. And if he's coming in at above six, one 225 pounds, that's going to be pretty impressive for him. But looking at my thresholds, I just want to see him hit six foot 217 if he gets to 220 that's even better but then on the 40 which is what i think his biggest knock is in his game he's got the feel he's got the wiggle he's got the size projected and his passing skills are super good but i don't know what his long speed quite is he doesn't pull away from defenders and he doesn't quite have that absolute powerhouse oomph you see him hit a hole and he's gone so i want to see him in the four four seven ranges he doesn't have to be a low four four like a four four one four four two guy he doesn't even really have to hit four four five for me to be in. He just can't be creeping towards that 4-5. He's got to be a couple ticks below it. He's got to show me that he's got at least a little bit of pull-away speed, and that is ultimately, with the size and speed combo, going to be huge for Trey Benson because that's where you get in between two guys that I think he plays quite a bit like on tape but have a, a little bit of a wildly different, um, I would say, perspective from the fantasy base of players and that is he could be at the floor of like a gus edwards where he's more of a rotational guy that kind of surprises on a regular basis but if you draft him super high are you going to be happy with a gus edwards level career in production or he could show you exactly what we've seen from kenneth walker like if he runs a low 4-4 and comes in at that six foot 225 I've already seen the wiggle. I've seen the crazy pass catching. Kenneth Walker is like locked and loaded, basically, of what you most likely will see from Trey Benson. And then we'll be having a very different conversation about this running back class after the combine if he blows it out of the water. Like if he has one of those Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker-esque type of combine performances that kind of surprises us a little bit, watch out for Trey Benson. Going on to another running back, I'm going to talk about Bucky Irving. And this, again, is just like Trey Benson, a size and 40 guy. I have to know if he is small and slow. Um, He's the type of back that constantly gets kind of talked up as a passing game specialist, not a blocker, not going to blow the socks off with any type of running capability, but has some good wiggle, um, good feels for run, and is a good plus player on third down. But if he's small and he's slow, you get into a territory of player that isn't super successful in the NFL and isn't super sexy when it comes to dynasty value. If you do take the actual flyer on him, and even if he does succeed... Year one with some flashes, you're not going to be able to sell him for much if he's still got that moniker of being small, slow, and just it's going to be excuse time of why he produced his rookie season. So my thresholds for him are five foot nine, 200 pounds, and I want to see him in that four, four, three, four, four, four range. He's got to be under the four, four, five. For me to feel good about him and the floor to ceiling comps for him, if he hits specifically that speed threshold, but more importantly, the weight with that speed is you're looking at the perceived value of a guy like Devin Singletary versus a guy like Chase Edmonds. So although neither one has been world beaters, the absolute view and hype that has been associated with these two players has been polar opposites, even though Devin Singletary has technically been better across his career than Chase Edmonds. And the defining factor of why everyone has been so much higher on Chase Edmonds, even though they have the same skill set, the same vibe the same uh you know size parameters basically is because chase edmonds came out faster has been faster and has the best breakaway capability really of a back that's that size in the nfl right now so bucky irving that's what i have to see i need to make sure that he's not slow and small and that's what you should be focusing on all the other stuff doesn't really matter if he runs average testing and agilities average and strength I didn't expect him to be an absolute world beater in space, an absolute world beater blocking, because that's not what he does. He's actually a really bad blocker. I just want to see what's the athletic metrics for a guy like Bucky Irving. The next guy on the list is a bigger back, and I want to see how much explosion that a guy like Cody Schrader out of Missouri has. All I care about for this dude is the jumps. I've already seen the height and weight measurables from the senior bowl looked pretty solid. I love his tape. I love his power. I love his size. I love his long speed. I'm pretty confident in his long speed. So as long as he doesn't, you know, break a leg and run a six, seven or a four, seven, basically, it's not going to be a Kyron situation with him. Um, I just see didn't need it need to see the speed that translates to the second level type of moves and that comes from explosion so the thresholds that I want to see in the jumps for him are 36 inches and 118 that's basically the floor metric that I have for relevant NFL starters at the running back position is 36 in the vertical and 118 in the broad if he hits one versus two that's okay if he hits both I feel pretty confident with him and this is the type of player where I think my comp that I'm leaning into quite a bit for Cody Schrader is Zach Moss Um, I think he By the time it comes to draft, you're going to hear a little bit of a hype train for a guy like Cody Schrader, like we were seeing with Zach Moss, but he could also have a floor of a guy like Kyron Hill where people were on Kyron Hill, me included, and he ended up falling draft capital NFL didn't like him, even though he hit a lot of these metrics just because he wasn't really elite at any of the categories that's the risk you have with Cody Schrader. But as of right now, I don't know anyone else other than me that's really talking about Cody Schrader. So it's not something that you have to consider about. He's going to most likely be a third round draft pick in rookie drafts from us. And in the NFL drafts, he's probably not going until the fourth or fifth. So it's not something you have to really worry about, but it is a player that does matter when it comes to explosiveness at the running back position and could be extremely relevant at, you know, a third or fourth round value for your dynasty teams in 2024. And then the last running back I want to talk about is the boy out of Arizona. This is the guy that probably shocks the most people when they have seen my early ranks prior to the combine. And it's Michael Wiley. Um, I want to see what his true height, weight measurables are and what his bench are his performance on the field from a stats counting standpoint, is not that great. But when it comes to his speed, agility, explosiveness, and his catching ability is absolutely insane. There's no one in the class, really, that catches the ball like Michael Wiley does. And so when it comes to the highest upside of the running back position, I think he has it, even over the guys like Jonathan Brooks that everyone likes as the RB1, even over the bigger backs. He's listed on paper at six foot 215. My thresholds, I wanna see him have very average at a bare minimum height weight, and I will be super in and heavily invested in Michael Wiley when it comes to the NFL rookie draft time. Um, thresholds of 5'11, 210. And then on the bench, I wanna see 18 reps. I wanna see him put up some weight. Put up some multiple reps and show that he's stronger than some people may assume he is he doesn't break tackles very regularly but he does have a good amount of oomph when he hits them he just kind of runs a little upright so i want to see that he does have the actual functional strength and hopefully a little bit better training can help him work better both in the blocking game and in driving those legs later on He's a guy that this is going to sound lofty, but my comp floor to ceiling for him is he could give you basically what we've been looking at with Antonio Gibson, because I think as prospects, they're very similar when it comes to production. That's kind of what you're seeing from Michael Wiley at his time in Arizona. I like his tape more than Antonio Gibson though, or at his ceiling. If he has a good height, weight, size, and strength, I already know that he has the speed. His hands are like freaking glue. You could see an Austin Eckler type back from Michael Wiley. Again, coming out of left field for a lot of you, I cannot stress enough that if I say something that piques your interest or you're like, whoa, Dallas, who the hell are you talking about? Why is he ranked so high for you? Go and watch him. Seriously, go and watch Michael Wiley. You'll see what I'm talking about and see that upside specifically in the past game for a bigger bodied running back who can do pretty much everything for an NFL offense. Um, He was used in a triple-headed rushing attack for Arizona with this wild system that they did last year, but in a spread zone system, he's going to eat at the next level. I just want to see how big he is. Moving on to the wide receivers, and this is a name that doesn't get talked about quite enough at the wide receiver position, but it's a guy that I'm probably going to have a pretty good lion's share of when it comes to the 2024 rookie drafts. And that's Jermaine Burton out of Alabama. Now, Jermaine Burton is a guy that, for those of you that play Debbie or have played college camp, uh, campus to Canton, that type of thing, you probably invested on him when he went to Alabama as a true freshman, just because he was a five-star recruit. He was supposed to be the next big thing cycling in after Devonta Smith and after Jalen Waddell. Unfortunately, it didn't really come to fruition on the stat sheet. He had pretty average to mediocre college statistical analysis. But when it comes to what I see at the next level, I see a lot of John Mechie and Jermaine Burton maybe a lazy comp maybe a little bit of a lazy um you know analysis just from a helmet scouting standpoint but in the same thing as Mechie, i care about the same things going into the combine for Jermaine Burton i want to see how big he actually is he's listed at 6 foot 185 i want to see him at the 511 and hopefully a little bit stockier he looks stockier than 185 so i'm hoping he comes in at about 190 cuz that hasn't changed since his freshman year and then i want to see him in the 444 445 range If he hits those thresholds, I'm going to be really in on him. And he's probably going to be this year's version of Khalil Shakir for me because that's what I see a lot of in his game. That's my floor ceiling comp for him is Khalil Shakir. We've seen about the same production level that Khalil Shakir had at Boise State, but at Alabama. You can't make the same excuses that you made for Khalil Shakira of why you weren't in on him, and you're seeing that we're starting to reap those benefits now. And then his ceiling comp, I see a lot of Jarvis Landry when he was coming out of LSU with Jermaine Burton, Um, a guy that's not getting talked about a lot when it comes to these slot or these middle-sized wide receivers that moved around a lot, but I think he's going to run pretty fast in the 40. I think he has adequate size, and I think people are going to be talking about him quite a bit come post combine time another wide receiver on the opposite side of the spectrum is a big bodied wide receiver in Keon Coleman from Florida State this one's an easy one to talk about the only thing I care about from Keon Coleman is his 40 this doesn't happen very often where I come in and I'm like I just want to see how fast you are it's all I need to see it's what I said about Xavier Hutchinson last year um didn't hit the thresholds dropped him down my ranks a little bit. It was justifiable. He did pretty much nothing for Houston last year. Keon Coleman, the same type of thing. It's the only thing I care about is his speed. He is what he is as an only an outside X receiver. He doesn't have wiggle. He doesn't separate very well. So, my threshold for him is the 455 five range. That's what you need to hit when you're a big bodied wide receiver for me to be even remotely invested on the outside to show some monocle of athleticism especially with keon coleman who came in a little bit smaller than people anticipated him to when it was senior bowl and shrine bowl time um my comp floor ceiling worst case scenario he's a doriel green beckham he is a big bodied guy that can't separate on the outside, only used in jump ball contested situations. JJ Sega Whiteside is another guy. Or ceiling, I'm not really big on Keon Coleman. I think about the highest you're going to get from him is about Gabe Davis. He's not a burner like MVS, so he's not going to give you those high touchdown variant ears. I think you have to force feed him targets, basically. He's not the greatest catcher in the world either. And so Gabe Davis feels about what you're probably maximum going to get. But if he doesn't even hit that speed threshold of the Gabe Davis range of player on the outside, you really shouldn't be heavily invested in Keon Coleman. Another wide receiver that I want to see the athleticism before I believe the hype. These are two back-to-back players that are talked about a lot in terms of they are breaking molds. They could be super interested. They're in a lot of people's top five to six wide receivers. Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. I want to see his 40 and his jumps. We know he already came in smaller and both size and height than what he was supposed to be by like three inches nearly and almost 15 pounds lighter than what he was supposed to be. So it's the classic mold. There's always one guy in every class. It happened with LaVisca Chenault. It happened last year with Rasheed Rice, where they're projected on these teams to be the 6'2", 6'3", guys, 220 to 225 pounds. Guess what? They always come in at six foot, 200 pounds. That's about what you're expected. The difference between those two players, though, is I want to see how athletic they actually are. Is he elite or is he just average? Cause that'll dictate where he lands both in the draft and how he actually projects to the NFL level thresholds for me, Xavier Leggett, if you're coming in at six foot and 200 pounds, you have to run the 4440. That's what I need. I have to see it in order for me to consider you elite because your tape is an elite and your separation is an elite. So at that point you have to have those athletic traits. If people are comparing you to DK Metcalf, I need to see that type of level and I want to see the explosion level. Again, we're talking elite numbers for a guy that's supposed to be an elite athlete. I want to see you hit 38 inches on the vert. And I want to see you hit 122 inches on the broad. That's 12 feet two. That's not even the record, not even close to the record. I want to see that in order for me to be fully invested because the comp floor to ceiling on a guy like Xavier Leggett is pretty wild. Um, Not a lot of success. I think the absolute ceiling that you can hope for is what we've seen from Rasheed Rice. But I think the realistic ceiling is probably LaVisca Chenault. And the realistic floor is a guy who doesn't do anything like a Parker Washington guy that doesn't have the athletic matrix. Um, The same thing is uh, Oklahoma State wide receiver a couple of years ago. I cannot remember his name. If you remember it, make sure to DM me and I will make sure to give you a shout out on next week's episode. But um, that's about the range you're looking at. I want to see if you're elite or not, because if you're not, I'm not going to have almost any share of Xavier Look at. And on the flip side, if you are elite, you're going to see the same type of high second round draft capital that we were using on a guy They got drafted into Carolina last year on the outside. So it's pretty interesting to watch these guys that are supposed to be high variance players and how they actually measure up at the combine. Another guy that's kind of going underneath the radar that has some pretty crazy uh, pedigree is Brendan Rice out of USC. And this is another one where I have to see how explosive and how fast he is because he has really good tape and he is literally like the isaiah pacheco of this year's class when you watch him on field on the field he is running like angry in his routes he's always just like chopping his arms chopping his legs so freaking hard and it's fun to watch i just want to see if he translated it to actual NFL speed. I think he can. The threshold for him at his size, 6'2, probably 210, 215 is what he will weigh at. If he runs in that 442, 443 range, I'm gonna have a lot of Brendan Rice, a lot of exposure. And then if he jumps, again, this one is more of the elite side, if he hits that 36 threshold on the vertical, which is pretty pedestrian, but that 120 inches on the broad that's all I need to see. Um, Comp floor for a guy like him is Amir Smith-Marset when it comes to gameplay coming out of college. And the guy that I think he could be very similar to and very similar career-wise to is Zay Jones. I think if he comes with a little bit more pop and a little bit more speed than people anticipate, that's how he's going to get used at the next level. And it's going to be a guy that's going to go under the radar and really help your fantasy teams as a rookie. Going on to the next player, one of my favorites. Uh, he is going to be on the smaller side. I already know he is, and that's why I need confirmation of his size and of what of his actual 40 is because if you look at his tape, look at his separation, look at his ability to play the position, looks really, really good. I just want to see if he's explosive at the catch point and in his breaks. I need to know if he can be a speed separator at the next level, because odds are he's going to be used inside to start off his career. And that's none other than Malik Washington out of Virginia. I've been talking about him since the beginning of the 2023 NCAA season as a guy that you all needed to pay attention to. If You listen to the prospect premonition, you know I was on him early and often. So my thresholds for him... I think he's really small when it comes to height. I think he's going to come in at that 5'8 range, but I think he's going to hit the 190 to 195 range when it comes to his actual weight. And on the speed side of things, if he runs a four four two at that size, he is smack dab in the middle of basically every undersized slot that is on the planet and everyone that proves that they can separate with speed as well as their route running accrued. Um, his comp Florida ceiling seems a little weird, but I still have hope for the guy that is the ceiling basically for Malik Washington, just because injuries have really hampered him. And when he's been on the field, he's actually been really good. Um, my comp floor for him, Josh Downs pretty much locked and loaded. He's almost identical to what Josh Downs does, but he's a little bit more compact than Downs was. So he's and even better a yak runner than what Downs was. But on third down, it's where they always went. He's got enough speed on the outside that he's proven multiple times to be able to reel in the deep catch where it's impressive. And then if he hits the speed threshold, where if he surprises us and runs that even lower 4-4 or dips into the 4-3, which is not out of the question, you're looking at Wondell Robinson realistically. Uh, they have a very similar profile when it comes to production, a uh, late producer but a very good producer late. The metrics really lean into Malik Washington. If you are a true metrics and analytics guy, they love him this year Um, just based off of the production that he was able to put up. So those are kind of the comp floor to ceiling seems like it should be flipped based off of recency bias with Josh Downs, but Wandell. Wondell could still be really good with a good quarterback. It's just, I think Daniel Jones is holding him back. And that offense in general, hasn't been super great. Moving on to the biggest of all big boys at the wide receiver position. We're going back to the Florida state pool. We're jumping into Johnny Wilson. This is another thing where it's simple, just like his teammate in Keon Coleman. I need to see his 40. I need to know how slow he is. He doesn't separate laterally almost at all on tape. So I need to know, can he be like a long, deep burner that is more of a space eater? Or is that not possible? Um, Basically, you're looking at just a massive, big-bodied guy where I want to see him. He's going to be 6'6", 240 almost. Can he hit? Four five in the forty. Can he hit four five five in the forty? Um, it's the difference between his floor of being like a Jaden Hazelwood, which most of you don't even remember from last year, versus like an Alshon Jeffrey. Because I think at his peak, if he has reasonable speed, Johnny Wilson could give you what Alshon Jeffrey gave us. But he's got to prove that he's got at least a, a little a little bit of wheels in that body. Going on to the last wide receiver, the smallest of all small wide receivers is Xavier Worthy. Um, for Xavier Worthy, he's got one of those weird frames, um, kind of in the Devonta Smith mold, but not even nearly as good of a route runner. So that's why it should concern a lot of people. I have to see the 40 time and the size. Will he just be another one of those underperforming, undersized, under athletic guys that we were hyping up, hoping would be athletic so that they could have NFL success? Or will he actually be as fast as some people say he is? Um, the threshold for someone that is coming in at barely 170 pounds currently based off of what we see the body frame and what he's measured in recently at he's could basically hit the thresholds where if he is over 175 pounds at six feet tall i'm interested in but realistically he's might be under 170 pounds and if you're at that height weight combo even if he hits the 175 you have to run a 435 for me to be invested if you don't have the route running acumen that a guy like Devonta Smith had that's the massive difference between a guy like Worthy who's being super hyped by a lot of people versus a guy like Devonta Smith and even Smith was falling in drafts. So this talk of worthy in the first in rookie drafts already or first in the NFL draft is wild to me right now, especially because I have to see this testing numbers and I have to see his size with those testing managers, because you have to realize even if he hits the four, three, five, his RAS score is still going to be abysmal if he comes in at that weight. So it's just height, adjusted weight, speed is an issue. He's had multiple injury issues in college already. So it's a little bit concerning. So his Comp floor for me would be like a Jalen Hyatt. It's the exact scenario that we were facing last year, where if he doesn't run in the four threes, he runs in that low four fours like Jalen Hyatt does. He doesn't have the route tree to do it. He's got an injury history similar to how Hyatt had. He only has one year of true elite success and doesn't have the speed to back it up on the small frame. Or if he hits those thresholds and is as fast as we think he is, You're looking at probably like a Mike Wallace. Um, That's my ceiling comp for him, and I think they play really similarly. Mike was able to be used in a lot of different ways, not just as a deep burner, which Xavier can do because when the ball is in his hands, he's very good. But that's kind of what you're looking for. So for Xavier Worthy, I just have to see the 40, and I have to see the actual on-paper height size, okay? Okay. Going to the tight end position, this is one where I actually have five people at the tight end position to wrap this up that I'm intrigued about for different reasons. Um, the first one, we'll just wrap up finally this Florida State offense. They had a lot of elite playmakers this last season. Very interesting with Jordan Travis at the helm there. But it's their tight end and their pass catching tight end, Jaheem Bell. Um, I need to know his 40 and his size. So how fast is his long speed? And is he actually 230 pounds? Because when I see him play, he doesn't look like he's that big. He looks like a just kind of a bigger wide receiver. He doesn't really look like he's a big, thick guy that's playing tight end. His accelerations should be elite. So his agility scores and his burst scores, his first 10 in the 40, I don't care about those because I already know those are going to be good. But his top end speed is what's questionable. So for me, I want to see... He's got to be 6'3", and he's got to be 235 pounds for me to actually feel comfort with it because the only guy that would be under that basically at this type of mold that we have this type of hype for would be like an Irv Smith Jr., and even that hasn't been lock- unlocked in the NFL. And then I have to see a 4'540 at that size if he is that or below in order for me to say that he's elite athleticism because if he's running the 4'7", range at that size he's what just basically a big x wide receiver big x y receiver that's not that big compared to guys like what i just talked about in johnny wilson and keon coleman if he doesn't run faster than those two guys then we have some questions that we have to bring up The comp floor is just what I said in Irv Smith Jr. Realistically, I think that's what he's closest to compared to a lot of other things. But his ceiling is probably like a Chigekuonkwo. He could blow the combine out of the water, surprise me with a little bit more speed than I anticipated. And I would see the same type of kind of drumbeat hype that we saw with Chigekuonkwo following the NFL combine when he was coming out because people were like, oh, wow, that guy is really fast and could be really good on a fantasy team. Could be the same type of thing. Uh, next tight end, a little bit of a different mold, Uh, i.e. this is probably the grittiest yet confusing type of tight end that you're going to see in this year's class. It's Dallin Holker out of Colorado State. Uh, I want to see his power and explosion. I want to know if he has any explosion basically at all because when I see him on the field, he's extremely stagnant once the ball's in his hand. It was mainly just a middle shallow, underneath type of receiver that would get these counting stats where it was like a constant. If there was pressure quick or if they had to get a third down, they would always go to Dallin. Um, It's just what the offense at Colorado State kind of ran through, and he really ate against some good competition, and he really showed out in the Senior Bowl. I just want to see if it actually translates to – passable athleticism um 40 i don't think is going to be great i think he's going to be in that 4 7 to 4 8 range his height weight measurements are going to be pretty average across the board around that 6'4, 240 range he's a little bit thicker almost in that like halfback mold based off of how he runs but he's got really soft hands, really good underneath, and really good at catching. And really, his comp floor ceiling is two guys that came out in the same draft class for me two years ago in twenty twenty two. It's you could get like a Cole Turner, who we've still been waiting for, just because he didn't have the athletic measurables that Jake Ferguson had, or you could get Jake Ferguson, who had the athletic measurables, was in a good offense based on a landing spot, and is really succeeded at the NFL level. Both were really solid catchers coming out. It was just an athletic question of guys that were in the same package. And that's what I have with Dallin is he's a little bit of an older prospect. Can he prove that he has just enough athleticism to be relevant, or will he just be a journeyman or an undrafted free agent tight end that doesn't get a lot of work at all in the NFL? Next tight end on the list for me is a guy I'm super high on. Currently, he's my tight end three. And after the combine, I might irresponsibly be raising him up to two, but depending on how the guy immediately following him is, it's Theo Johnson uh, out of Penn State. He is massive. He is going to come in at just under six foot eight and 270 pounds. He could be playing defensive end, he could be playing offensive tackle. Um, athleticism at that side would be massive. For his draft stock, um, he could do work because he's shown the ability to get open. His route running is actually really, really finely tuned at that Penn State offense. The offense just wasn't super good all around. Can he rise up the board with these drills? Is what I need to know. Threshold for him, the 40. Does he hit 4 7? That's if he can break 4-7 for me, that's good enough at that size because that's nuts. It's like an offensive lineman running a four, six, nine, forty, which is crazy. And then his three cone. I want to see that he gets basically borderline to baseline average for tight end. Can he hit that seven three on the three cone? And in his 20-yard shuttle, can he hit the four-four? If he hits those, I am gonna be banging the drum and choo-chooing that train conductor spot for the Theo Johnson tight end role for tight end two after. My boy, uh, what's it called my boy Brock Bowers that everyone has at one justifiably. Uh, floor for him is another big-bodied wide receiver. This one was out of the Pack twelve. Colby Parkinson, uh, most recently with Seattle, he's a free agent, most likely going to Chicago this year, following Shane Waldron, if I had to guess. Or if he hits some of these athletic measurables at that size, where he could run a pretty good forty. There's some, some, you know, a little bit of a sprinkling of word out there that he could run in the four fives. You're looking at Darren Waller. When it comes to a size, speed, metrics comparison, that's what you could get at the highest ceiling. Now, does he do that? I don't think so, but I think he could be very good and is a very big sleeper for me at the next level because his blocking's crazy, he's massive, and he's going to be used from day one on an offense because if there's a guy that's that big and that athletic, you're going to get him involved somehow early on, even as a rookie next tight end on the list is one of my favorites. And the guy that in this class, I think has the highest overall threshold in capability of reaching his ceiling. And that's Trey Knox out of South Carolina. So this is not, not the normal um, South Carolina one that people like to talk about because you have the transfer from South Carolina last year in Jaheen Bell, and that kind of allowed Trey Knox to kind of start eating this last year with his transfer from Arkansas to South Carolina to take over for Jaheen Bell. The issue was, really bad offense, but he is going to be an athletic monster. I just need to know, does he have the strength to be a three down player in the run game? So I want to see his jumps and his bench press uh, for Trey Knox size, speed, catchability It's all there. Absolutely crazy athlete at that size and he shows it. He eats up space super quick, especially with the ball in his hand. So the thresholds for me and the jumps, I want to see again, that 37 baseline and 120 baseline. If he hits those, he's as athletic as we think he is. And he's got a lot more lower body power than I initially thought because he he's got explosion in the run game and he's got explosion in the pass game, but he doesn't break tackles particularly well is what I would say, which is one of the downsides to him. So if he's not running around you, he's usually going down decently easy. So I just want to see, does he actually have the strength? And then on the bench press on that capacity, can he hit 20 reps? Cause that's, that's good. That's good for a tight end. That's good for a guy that is going to come in at around 240 pounds. Uh, it's something I want to see. And if he hits those, I'm going to be super high on him. I really like these top three with Theo Johnson, Trey Knox, and Brock Bowers. I have a very not conventional tight end list right now, but these are the guys that actually pop off on tape and it's not so much uh, system or broken plays as I will talk about with the next guy on the list of the last player of this overall combine breakdown, not as big on this guy as most of the dynasty space, and I'll tell you why. Uh, But the comp floor for a guy like Trey Knox, I think if he comes in exactly as he is, you're looking at what Zach Kuntz is for Green Bay. Um, It took him a little bit to get going. It took him an injury to get on the field, but as a floor, very, very solid athletic tight end that if you use him in space in a spread offense, he's viable from day one if you get him out there. Versus if he's as athletic as he's actually touted to be, You're talking about a guy that has a very, very, very similar profile to Sam Laporta last year. Now, can he do what he did as a rookie? No, I don't think he's going to break the rookie tight end record by any stretch of the imagination. Not that type of scheme, not that type of system player. I'm just saying from a comparison standpoint of coming out of college, if he hits the thresholds that you saw Sam Laporta hit when it comes to physicality, speed, everything like that. Trey Knox is going to be a day two player, and he's going to surprise a lot of people that haven't been paying attention to this tight end class. Last player on the list, last tight end on the list I want to talk about is Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Um, This is the guy I'm not as high on. He's currently not inside my top six tight ends, and the biggest issue I have with him is that most of his production over the last two years has come off of broken plays uh so my definition of a broken play is that if there's not a defender within five to ten yards of you basically at a minimum like that's the minimum threshold uh it's a broken play it means someone did not pick up their coverage which means you were schemed open you didn't actually get open that's not route running that's just a broken play and that's like 60 percent of jatavian sanders is scheme it's not actually that which like Yes, granted, a testament to his athletic ability. That's why they're trying to do it. I know he's got the long speed, but is he actually as good of like a route runner and good of an open field you know, separator, open field runner as people think he is? Because on tape, I don't see the open field running capabilities that I see from a Trey Knox, that I see from a Jaheim Bell, that I see from, uh, I mean, Brock Bowers specifically. Uh, so he, he's not even close to those guys in terms of athletic on the field tape is what I would say. So I don't know if it's just uh, his long plays are hyping people up and they've only seen the highlight reels of him breaking off like a 50 yard touchdown or like a 45 yard run. But if you go back and look at those, I guarantee you'll see that it was a broken play. He didn't really do anything. Now he's good in contested catch situations. I'll give him that, but like that's like a baseline necessity for tight ends. So for Jatavian Sanders, I need to see the agility and I need to see that he's actually strong enough to be a blocker because Right now he's just a long speed runner. Um, He's not good at blocking at all either. So my threshold for the three cone for him is seven seconds threshold for the 20 uh, yard shuffle. It's a little bit higher than most at the tight end, but I want to see like a four one to a four two. Cause that's what I think that bell is going to run. And I want to see him put up that baseline of 20 reps on the bench. I think that's a necessity. And it, it, these aren't the greatest names I'm giving for him. And it kind of leans into what I feel like him as a prospect, but his floor is OJ Howard, OJ Howard. When I think of everything that Jatavian Sanders does well versus what he doesn't do well and how his production comes, I think OJ Howard is a pretty good comp. Now, granted I think OJ Howard was a better blocker. So it's not a perfect comp and everything like that. And then the ceiling comp that I have for him is Isaiah likely who's a very average blocker. So it's kind of the opposite side of the spectrums. But like when it comes to fantasy production, I think that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a floor of a guy like OJ Howard that maybe gets you three or four touchdowns a year. You have no idea when they're coming and you can't consistently count on him to be an actual target hog or a target contributor in an offense. It's a one for 50 in a touchdown two times a year, or you get, Isaiah Likely, where if Isaiah Likely didn't have Mark Andrews in front of him, you've seen the repeated success. You've seen he can be an actual weapon. He is athletic, even though he ran a 4.8. His agility is really good. So I kind of need to see just the athletic measurables for Jatavian for me to just land somewhere in that range I don't think he eclipses what we've seen from Isaiah likely so people reaching on him really high at that item position doesn't make sense to me but that's what I need to see I want to see if he's strong and can block and I want to see what the agility metrics look like but those are the 17 players Um, pretty wide variety of reasoning for each of them. Um, Each of them has a different type of game, which is really exciting about all these prospects. Uh, Not a lot that fit the same type of mold out of all these players, which makes it really exciting from the fantasy dynasty standpoint. But again, just to run them back through, Braylon Allen, want to see the true size and the jump measurables. Trey Benson, want to see the size and the 40. Bucky Irving, size and 40. Cody Schrader, I just want to see the jumps. Everything else checks the box. Michael Wiley, are you as big as I think you are? And can you actually put up some weight on the bench and prove that you're not just a pass-sketching running back? Jermaine Burton at wide receiver out of Alabama, um, size in 40, prove to me that you are as good of a slot as I think you are and you are athletic enough to be that in the NFL. Keon Coleman, show me you're not slow. Uh, Xavier Leggett, prove you're as elite physically as you think you are and as people are hyping you up to be. I want to see that 40 in jumps for you. Brendan Rice, and jumps as well. You just hit minimum thresholds, and I'm going to be higher on you, like I said. Malik Washington, just prove to me that you do have that running back mold. I want to see the weight specifically because I already know you're on the shorter side and then prove that you have baseline speed. Johnny Wilson, how slow are you? Xavier Worthy, how small are you, and are you as elite fast as you are, or are you a Jalen Hyatt 2.0? Uh, Jaheem Bell at Florida state. I want to see the 40 in size prove to me that you're not an Irv Smith junior and that you have athletic upside. Uh, Dallin Holker prove to me that you have some power that you can actually have a little bit of burst in your game. So you don't just go into mediocrity as a tight end two or three in your time. Theo Johnson, please rise up my boards. That's my, that's my beg for you. Just show me some athletic pop and I'm going to be super in Trey Knox, Put up some explosive numbers on the jumps and, Oh man, I'm going to be beating that drum for you. And Jatavian Sanders proved me wrong. That's really all I have to say. So this has been a fun little combine episode. Just like I said, not a super long one, a nice 45 minute episode to go over all these prospects, how I feel about them going into the combine and why I need to see what I need to see all the other numbers. I'll take note of them, but realistically, they will not be shaping me one direction or another like fast guys like Jalen, Wright, I'm not going to be bumping him up higher because he runs in the high four threes. I expect that from him. Marvin Harrison Jr., if he has the best combine we've seen since Colin Johnson at the wide receiver position, cool. That's what we were all talking about, not raising him up my board anymore because I already know where he is. It's all about keeping yourself centered, not overreacting, not underreacting, and paying attention to what matters. And that's why I dropped this episode 2024, Combine Numbers That Matter. Until next week, pay attention to the drills. Make sure to not overreact and have a good time, people. Let me tell you something, pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus.